Kelly, thank you very much for um, taking this uh, podcast interview with us. Um, I'm glad uh, we, are, we are speaking today. Uh, for the audience, why don't you t- start talking about yourself and uh, we'll take it from there. Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Kelly Looney. Uh, I'm a SVP of engineering for Tide uh, Platform Limited, uh, Tide.co, which is a um, financial services provider for small businesses uh, in multiple markets uh, worldwide. We're currently operating and a leader in the UK and also uh, in India. Wonderful. Uh, my my role at Tide is to I have uh, engineering responsibilities, building products, as well as the uh, cloud engineering part of the company. So the kind of platform upon which we we deliver our products, as well as our production uh, uh, services and uh, production support and QA. Very wonderful. And I I also know you you had some stint at the platform side with AWS long back, right? Yes. Uh, before joining Tide, I um, had spent uh, almost four years at AWS uh, working with um, uh, with our DevOps partners all over the world, which there's a that's a huge part of uh, um, AWS's business is our DevOps SI partners and vendors, as well as actually a part of the consulting organization at AWS, helping AWS customers uh, uh, modernize their software and move to a kind of a DevOps sort of model. Very nice. See, that's one thing when I when I spoke to you last time, I was so impressed that you are advising customers for when, when the cloud world is improving and maybe the adoptions were increasing and you were part of the probably the largest hyperscaler at that time. Now mm-hmm. there are questions, who is the bigger guy? But uh, all said and done, AWS did fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And you moved on to the customer running the same thing. Um, where do you where do you see the difference? You know, earlier you were advising, now you're running it. The <laughs> I think of it as advising versus doing, and yep. uh, it's been a, it's been a pattern in my career. I go back and forth between those two things. It seems as if I spend some time. Um, actually doing, and then I and then I am interested in going back into consulting, and then uh, 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 the, the, the the transverse as well. So um, uh, the differences, um, I think that you really can learn a lot by actually being responsible, you know, for getting these things done and and being, you know, answerable to regulatory uh, agencies and everything else. So to me, I learn a lot whenever I'm actually building product, building services and and, and kind of, uh, of moving forward. It's a it's a really different way of looking at things. Uh, on the other hand, when you're a part of the cloud vendor, Yep. or you're a consultant, you there's a lot of things you can learn there as well. So there, it's like two different learning environments, really. One, you're, you're really tapping into all the technology that might be of use. And then when you go into the product company or the service company, it's really where the rubber hits the road. And it's how will these things actually work to solve our real problems right now? And that's something that I really enjoy. I like it. I, I love it actually because you're 
you, you for a couple of years, you do meet a lot of influencers, you know, educate mm -hmm. them what's happening in the market, and then you join and start delivering it. Fantastic. So that's a that's a great composition for a, a long career for you. Yeah, it's been a long career already, and I'm going to try to keep it going for a while longer. And <laughs> and I, I certainly enjoy, you know, every every time I I go around and build and do things like that, it's a source of new stories and new material that I can use to help yeah, it, it, to help uh, others that are out there. And that's something that I also enjoy. Good, good, good. I'm glad. And you know, for today, I thought. Uh, with your vast experience, let's break it down into two or three segments for the audience. Uh, okay. The number one is, as you said, Kelly, you know, your current world, you're part of the fintech uh, product firm, uh, geographically UK centric, but now expanding in India. Uh, you're, you're working from US, and so the, the, the company is deploying the products globally. Uh, so for a fintech firm, highly cloud native, uh, what could be the couple of nuances you felt and you will talk to the audience for that? You know, they'll be all ears to listen from you. Yeah, I think it's kind of a it's a it's a unique challenge. You oftentimes think about doing something from the cloud enables you to maybe build something once and make it available worldwide. You know, that's right. what you'll see with CDNs and things like that. But when you're talking about fintech, especially one that's dealing with businesses in different locales around the world, they each have completely different um, uh, regulatory and, and legal uh, environments that they're in. So your software has to comply to a different set of rules uh, in each place. And on top of that, you have data residency requirements that you have to deal with in a big way. So for us, what we have to do at, at Tide is build our software once and yep, then yep. and then and then actually run it in the different locales that we need or the different regions that we need to service our customers in such that we can comply with the with the the, the legal rules regulatory requirements kind of in that area so it's so it's 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 really a matter of building the software and then stamping it out in different parts of the world Mm. where it's going to service those customers, and then building the software that's unique to that environment. Uh, so so every every version, every every copy of our software is becomes unique because we're adding what's special for that for that market. And cloud ends up being just as useful because you know yep. the cloud lets us, put the software in all those environments, and then we do everything we can to leverage the things that are common uh, to make our make ourselves as efficient as possible. So, so the it, one, it's, yeah, go ahead, please. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. The one other thing I'd add on top of that is that we have different partners in mm. each one of these locales that we need to deal with, each one of these regions, and we need different sets of APIs to work with each one of them such that we can ensure we provide a good customer experience in each place. Wonderful. I was I was about to ask that, you know, now the platforms are giving you the basic uh, environment, you know, qualified, secure, compliant ones for each region. Uh, then you pick the right partners to uh, deliver it to the uh, consumer base. Fantastic. 
Okay. Absolutely. And, 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 and we, yeah, right. we, we do that through a variety of means. I mean, obviously, there's sort of uh, 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 business qualifications. But then the other thing we'll do is sort of technical assessments and mm-hmm. how good are their APIs and and how what kinds of an SLA can they adhere to things along those lines. And there's there's cases where for a particular function that we need, we'll have several partners so that we have we don't have to depend on just one in case they have some sort of problems. It doesn't bring our whole system down. So we're able to um, you know have you know I would say some in some cases partners and backup partners or we'll spread the risk across several. Okay, and you you rightly came into the risk side of execution. You know. I know you came out of AWS very recently, and you're a large AWS user, you mentioned mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. But with this proliferation of services by AWS themselves, you know, five years back, they may have 50 or a small double digit. They are now 300 or 400 for you solving the issue. Now, equally, Azure, either hyperscalers are not keeping quite either. So it's a tough task for you to look at your own provider look at the competitive things and where do you draw the line? You know, in this area, I'm, I may look for an alternative. In this area, no, I don't want to look for an alternative. My provider is very good. Do you make such choices uh, when you when you look at the strategy for cloud components? Absolutely, it's, it's, it's quite complicated just to keep track of all the services you're using and you might use, you might be able to use and kind of weighing the differences. And and particularly, now we we actually work to some extent with all three of the major cloud providers, but, nice. but mostly with AWS, I'd say the vast majority is with AWS. And, and, and so these comments to some extent, um, uh, you know, apply to all three, but with AWS, I would say in particular, and that's where I've gotten most of my background and experience, um, you know, they're super aggressive about about providing new value to customers and finding ways to get um, get more for less. And we really appreciate that. And so, I mean, it, it's it's not unusual at all for for us in an interaction with our AWS kind of account team to find new ways to save money, new ways to get more efficient, new ways to to get more scale or improve security. And um, it's it, it's it takes a significant amount of time just to keep track of mm-hmm. everything that we might want to use, which things we need to evaluate, uh, uh, and so forth. Now, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Each of the each of the companies kind of does things their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, certainly, AWS gets out there into the marketplace with new services. Um, they'll go with a very kind of a simple first version quite often. Uh, yes. and, and, and so, you know, what we've learned over the years is that we don't always jump first. We don't always take the very first iteration. Maybe we'll <laughs> let a few other customers work with those that brand new service. But mm-hmm. we're very confident that AWS will end up getting it right okay. and so, and, and because they've got a great track record of doing that. And so 
we we will carefully watch what's going on and then decide when's the right time to start using a particular uh, a new service or new offering that's out there. Wonderful, Kelly. With that being said, now you have global teams all over the world. How are you organized? You know, how do you get where do you learn from? How do you get guidance from your team? And where do you make your decisions? How, how large is your group? How are you organized? Uh, yeah, our, our whole company, you know, we, we've been growing rapidly and I've been with Tide for a little over two years now. Uh, we're about at 2000 uh, people now with a uh, engineering organization that's about, I'd say about a third of that. Uh, and and it's probably doubled in size in the time that I've that I've been with the company. So we we've been going through kind of rapid growth, and we're we're um, headquartered in the UK in London, but we also have significant development resources in Sofia, Bulgaria. It's one of our other engineering offices, and we have people all over Europe that kind of work through that that uh, that that office and then an, another engineering center in uh, Hyderabad, India. Great. And that's probably over half of our staffs in India, mm-hmm. which makes sense because India is a really a key market for us. Um, we're over 150,000 customers in India, and that's only in the last 12 months. Um, we're at about a half a million customers in the UK, and that happened over the course of six years. So India is rapidly growing, and I think it will be very soon be our largest market, at least from a customer standpoint, number of, of customers, which we call members. Uh, so. It's highly global team. We're constantly, we've got some overlap. I, Me in the U.S., I have the smallest amount of overlap with the rest <laughs> of my team as anybody, right. which causes uh, uh, all sorts of schedule issues for me personally, but we won't go into that. Uh, but uh, we do have some overlap between India, Eastern Europe, and London. We make, make great use of that. Uh, our folks in India are usually really good about being willing to to overlap schedules a little bit more with Europe. And that's that's nice, but we really try hard to spend time in India and to to work to their schedule, you know, where we can. And, and, and as I mentioned, we've got nice offices in each one of those places. And we have a kind of a, a remote oriented policy in that we don't have a problem with people working from home. Uh, and our staff has now expanded to all over India, all over Europe, and all over uh, the UK. We more use our offices, I would say, as kind of meeting places, mm-hmm. uh, way to have an offsite, a way to get together. And even though it's on site, uh, we'll have get togethers in those offices and meetings to, to help get things done. That's excellent. That's excellent. I think I, I want to be the first one to congratulate this extraordinary growth in the first year. When you do things right first, I'm sure the, the, the inflection, the growth, everything is going to follow. And and maybe a couple of minutes for the audience. What What's the uniqueness in your product which is making it grow faster and what keeps you, uh, you know, awake at night? You know, hey, <laughs> because when you're in a growing organization, deploying product, consumer growth, man, you you are always on demand. How do you keep yourself? Uh... Absolutely. 
so a couple of things. One is that what's unique about Tide is is we focus on a particular kind of part of the market that I think that's a little bit underserved and that other people don't focus on, although people are coming to it because it's a good it's a good market. Uh, it's the I would call it almost like a micro SME. It's yep. the, the um, relatively small, a mom and pop shop is another way you'll hear it referred to in the US. I don't know if that yep. saying yeah. goes everywhere in the world, but it's the small, uh, small companies that maybe don't have their own accounting department, don't have their own uh, 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 necessarily a bank, and yep. they, what they want to do is find a way to run their business mostly from their from their smartphones. Yep. And so we offer a whole set of financial services for a business all through mobile applications. Excellent. We, and I, you know, I talked about the different partners we have in each uh, in each locale, each region. Um, the m- most important of those is typically a bank. And so yep. we have, we have banking partners. So we are not a bank, but we have banking partners mm-hmm. in each one of our uh, regions. And that's kind of the first thing that we look at when we come in is establishing, you know, who's going to be the bank. Or, or or multiple banks that we're going to have in that in that region, and then look at other things like lenders uh, because mm-hmm. we also offer credit sorts of services. Uh, we offer accounting services, uh, tax calculation uh, services, uh, invoicing. Uh, so there's a whole range of it's kind of a platform of financial services for these small businesses and it's growing you know all the time that's what all of our engineers are doing is adding more and more of these financial services and oftentimes we're doing it with partners in other cases we're doing it just kind of on our own so it's a ever growing platform and i think that's the thing that is really unique i would say if we have a core expertise it's it's making these things easy to set up because it's really hard to set yeah. up financial services you know working with your your bank and, and with a lot of the rest of these folks with all these regular regulations to deal with it's not easy and so we've spent a lot of time making it easy and making it secure you know so, so, so those are the things that we really focus on so you're